Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for food trends, startup business talk, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Hold on though, before we start the show, don't forget that all listeners get 10% off any order from our podcast sponsor, Doggylicious. Just head over to doggylicious.com.au and use promo Retail Ready at the checkout. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Retail Ready Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks uh, of radio silence or podcast silence because I've been uh, slightly busy with my own little side hustle. So apologies that uh, you might have been going on to Spotify or iTunes and you've been seeing uh, no new episodes. But I might as well start a new episode with a bang. And today I've got a guest who I'm, I'm excited to hear the journey and the story um, of this this individual and what he's created. But I just want to welcome David Andrew to the show. So welcome, David. How are you? Thanks, Ben. Uh, very well. And uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah, definitely. And the, it's interesting um, you being on the show because a lot of previous guests that we've had, um, I've either chatted to, whether it's been on LinkedIn, email, at an expo or in person. And what I'm pretty excited about by you, David, is I do not have a clue who you are. Um, but what I do know is about the brand that you created, uh, Naked Life. However, I don't want to talk about that just yet because I'm keen just to hear an introduction. Like I know a bit of background just from um, reading a few articles on you. So can you give a brief overview of who you are, what your journey has been um, from whether you want to start from child <laughs> childbirth or um, from the uh, professional um, retail space, but can you give an overview and I've got a lot of questions to ask you, so I'm looking forward to this one. Well, man, it's always a bit dangerous giving such a, a, a wide <laughs> breadth of, uh, you know, for me to talk to. But um, look, I guess to to try and keep it a little bit relevant, I think um, I background to me um, always just been super interested in in what's next. Um, yeah. Even even growing up, really interested in in trends, really interested in trying to you know, see what's new, youngest of five kids. So I guess in some ways, you know, always having to try and fight for, for a bit of relevance in, in the in the family and all that dumb stuff. But um I'm you with know, you there. So I, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I always um ended up having uh having an eye on, on new things, tried a few businesses when I was younger and you know, it was always always been a bit of a mad scientist, always loved cooking, food, flavours, wine, all these types of things. And then um you know, as 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 a younger sort of you know early twenties, you're trying to find your way, and mm-hmm. you know, and ended up sort of um, ended up just travelling the world for a while, and opening opening my eyes to just how different everything is outside of Australia, and how far we, yep. we sort of, in some ways, how far we've come and how far we have to go, which was yep. you know, it really broadened my view onto things, and then and also just really broadened my view onto all the different types of products there are in the world, and and service deliveries and, and models and things like that. So I actually came back and. And I started a an online men's tie and cufflink business, one of the first ones in Australia. So, so I sat there and, and I was actually going through interviewing for you know to be trying to be a management consultant at a university. And I remember my very first interview um, turning up and like looking at all these people wearing all these weird 
tires and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of it's interesting. I wonder what – then started chatting to a few people and how much they spent on them and all this mm. stuff. I'm like, oh, wow. So I yeah, ended up starting a tire and cufflink business in my first year of university oh, – so first year of uh, – of of um of work which was an interesting uh experience but that was sort of my first sort of experience in in creating something and deli- and there were two things that i liked which is i was sort of creating these tires that were a bit different because i was sort of on the they were just very very sort of mm-hmm. um you know uh on the front they were very standard a bit of a party on the back so i was a bit sort of you know there was always a bit of difference but it was a delivery model and service model that i was really interested in which is the online model and how you can create a a group of followers that you don't even know through an online way. So I, I was really, really interested in that. And so that was sort of my first thing around that for a couple of years. And you know, I really in, you know, had some, some quite, quite good successes with that until we got sort of my website got hacked by some, by it turned out to be an overseas sort of hacking company that were trying to sell me Viagra. Um, Did you I really? Realized, yeah, I only realised that when I was on holiday, and and I started getting emails from uh, from a sales address uh, at our domain that I didn't even have, and I'm like, "What's this?" And clicked on it, and I was, I was trying to sell me Viagra, <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, that's not great," and I couldn't close the site down. And oh no! Ended, and ended up getting a few orders for it, and so I was, which was even more embarrassing because I had to then <laughs> let the people know that that's not not it, and away we went. So that was my first oh, foray poor, into the into poor customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You know, it wasn't good customer experience, unfortunately. But that was my first sort of foray in, into that world. And, you know, outside of that, ended up um, also had like a men's uh, a company called The Pantless Postman, which was socks and underwear by subscription. And so we sort of ended up doing that with a, with another business partner. And we held the sort of what we call the Pantless train ride where to launch our business and managed to get ourselves on national TV and our underwear, which was a bit of fun. And, yeah, but it was just, once again, the service delivery model, which I was just so interested in, in, you know, something that was new. And then went away and, you know, went went back to consulting for a while and then realised I just really wanted to be in in health. Um, I'd given given up sugar myself and there was just, um, you know, I'd started getting a little bit healthy and and realised that there was just no good Opportunity, no good options around for a sugar-free beverage that wasn't full of artificial sweeteners. And so I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, there's nothing there. But, you know, it hadn't actually dawned on me that something that you know, that I'd step into until I'd started sort of just making my own. I said, oh, I just love making, I love cooking, I love flavours, I love wine. And so I started just um, playing around with sort of natural sweetener mixes and our own flavours, just stuff around the house and started making mm. our own sort of soft drinks to use as mixers and things like that for at home. And went overseas and tried a, a, a brand overseas and realised that what I was making at home was t- tasted better. And I'm like, right, done. This is it. I'm doing it. So I sort of quit everything and launched Naked Life, actually. Six months later, we had some dist- uh, we had a few distributors around the country and we're in 800 stores. That is incredible. Well, I don't know where to start because that is already an incredible journey just to hear that. <laughs> Just to, just to go to a job interview and go, oh, that's a pretty tie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. But what what I've found with all these podcasts is all the people behind the brand ideas have just come from anywhere, and I love that. Like yours has been a journey, and I'm. And my first question to you is, did you find that all the journey, like all the business businesses that you started, you got kind of you knew what you were doing in some places, you got your learnings, got your mistakes to help with naked life. And are you glad that you did all these different journeys before you got to where you are now kind of thing? 
Yeah, look, really good question. I think um, I I wouldn't change anything in my past because it might alter the exact spot, spot I'm at yeah. at the moment. And I'm really excited about where we're going. And, and a lot of those learnings are based on the failures from the, the past. I'd say, like, you know, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to have the sort of, you know, I guess the, the ability to scale as fast as we have without yeah. a lot yeah. of those learnings, I, I think. Probably the key one for me, um, you know, being able to take that step from, I guess, someone who played in the fringes. So those other businesses were fun, but they weren't all in businesses. They weren't that mm-hmm. sort of Cortez burn your boats and there's no such thing as retreat style mm-hmm. businesses. I always had a way out. I always had a way out both like monetarily because I had like, you know, other management consultant on the side as well. So the bills were yep. always being paid. So I always had a way out to do with that, but my ego always had a way out as well because I never put my chips in. So yeah, okay. it never really allowed me to sort of, yeah, when things got hard or when things got to that point where it's do or die, it made it easier to walk away. So Naked Life was the first one where it was just all in because I realised from the other two that, you know, a bit of self-reflection, a bit of meditation, a bit of sort of figuring out what in yeah. some ways how you're full of crap, realised that, you know, I was holding myself back by not going all in because I figured like, you know, played sport my whole life and realized that the best that I, you know, the best times that I, (laughs) what brought the best out of me is when my back was to the wall and I never gave myself that opportunity. So it was quite a deliberate decision to say, okay, I'm not going to have a safety net for this. I'm just going to go all in. I've got six months to make this work. Otherwise I'm broke. And therefore, you know, let's see if if all the things that you you think about yourself is actually right. Um, So that was a really... You know, it was, That's fantastic. Those yeah. things kind of taught me that that uh, you know, you you've got to be all in. That's that's incredible, and that 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 personally for me, that's a that's a huge learning um, curve just to hear that because yeah, a lot of people kind of go, when's that point to jump? And yeah, you've got your safety net of a full time job, but I guess when you do do that jump, you I don't know your energy levels or even just the the fear to I need to succeed otherwise the rent's not being paid makes that business go to the next level so that's really interesting to hear it from your perspective oh, look, what, I think um, it's, it's absolutely like you, you you literally I see it now as you find another gear that you did not know mm. you have and you can only unlock that gear when you're in the position otherwise it's just cerebral yeah. it's just it's thought and as opposed to it's it's this thing in your gut that you you have to do it, it's a really yeah it's a uh, it's it's something I actually sort of try and explain to a lot of people when they when they're trying to talk about jumping that divide is yeah. the best safety net you have is your is your resume. So in actual fact, you can leave your job, and if you got a, if you got a runway of you know if you keep the bills paid for six months, then yeah. there is zero there is zero risk to trying a new role because you can always go back and get a similar job as what you had right now because you know you've got a great CV. So you're actually not risking as much as you think you are. You're just risking time and experience. Yeah, I think I think that's incredible. I think a lot of people. It's interesting. There's a lot of people that I'm listening to at the moment, and it it all touches on that kind of yeah, the fear aspect and going going. Well, if you do quit, yeah, there is other jobs out there, and it's I've it's probably yourself self voice in your head really isn't it that just kind of stops you from doing a lot of things whereas someone like yourself when you know what I'm going to do it, and you you've done a bloody good job at it, and there's probably there's no what was, was it like shame i think a lot of it is oh what if it fails what do people what would people think but to be honest i look at that and go a lot of people should stop thinking what other people think uh, because you've given it a go and you've succeeded many people might not have but 
the respect is probably still there by everyone who's given it a go um, to just try and, and I wouldn't even say it's a failure if a business doesn't succeed because you'd learn so many lessons along the way, which I'm sure you're, you're still learning lessons because um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the grocery space is, uh, is always a massive learning curve um, week after week, which I want to touch on because you mentioned you started Naked Life. And I just want to go back to your early days with finding a distributor. What what was your mindset there? You had a you had a great product. You knew that there was a consumer that needed a drink that wasn't full of sugar. What was the journey there? Like what you just explain kind of your your process because I always find it's interesting to hear it from someone who's just starting out from oh, ground yeah, zero. That's uh, that was the yeah it's, it's such a tough thing it's a mm. you know it's, it's brutal it is you know it's just getting constantly knocked down no responses it's the first time i'd really ever had to yeah. step out and go cool like at first i thought this is going to be easy like our product tasted so good like we took so mm. much time in preparing it we used the best ingredients i knew that you know we can we can find efficiencies later on down the line so the only way we can really get something to taste amazing was if the, it was quite an expensive drink but i knew that there was a ceiling to what we could charge so i was just like okay well yeah. you know i'll wear it to start with because we you know we this is a sugar-free yeah. thing so it has to taste amazing so i thought right great product and so we you know, got all the the advertising material printed up and hand bottled lots of you know lots of uh lots of the drinks at home with like a you know hand cap bottle you know with some syrup and other bits and pieces and created the beautiful boxes sent them around and you know who so sent you know did lots of calling sending emails and then just crickets just nothing surely i've been there and then just following <laughs> yeah. up and so then i was just like oh okay well you know, excuse me, have you received the emails? Is the right address? Blah, blah, blah. Kept on going and still no no responses. And it was really disheartening because you just sort of, mm. you know, spent all this time, money and effort. And then I was like, right, cool. In that case, maybe there's, you know, then I realized, cool, these guys are, in some ways, distributors are like celebrities. They, you know, they go out into the public and they get mobbed by everyone who wants something. So they've got a big sort of filter on of anything that's coming in the front door. So they're very hard to engage with. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe I need some warm introductions. So I started just messaging random people who were doing good brands, asking to, asking them if I could just, um, you know, if I could meet them for a coffee instead of the distributors just to learn about their journey. So I started meet, you know, meeting with people doing similar things who were a few years on in the journey and they started explaining, you know, they tasted the drinks. I'm like, oh, this is great. And mm. then that was really helpful because they introduced me to a few distributors, which helped ah, us sort of un- unlock some of our first ones. But even then, like, I, it was it's getting those first ones was really hard because unless you've got none you know it's a really hard thing to do and you know they often the response is well you, you know aren't you in any stores go pound the pavement and get you get yourself yep. into 100 stores and then we'll take you on and but i had a plan in my head that i wanted to be national from day one so i didn't have time or money to do that i had to win distributors in every state for me to get to my plan so i was like all right well we'll we'll push that and and see how we go so that was you know the path that took and i flew around the country and and there were there was even some distributors who wouldn't take my call so i turned up and sat in their office and they just waited for them to walk past with my drinks in my hand and there was one of them where i actually waited for three separate days and they walked past like a couple of different times each day and wouldn't make me in on the third day they were just like well Bloody hell! All right, you're not going to go away. Well, cool, I'll meet you. Fantastic. And so, and and got you know ended up sort of you know having a good chat with them and everything. So it was a you know I think that it was just full of 
just needing to go that extra mile. And and going back to what I guess I was sort of saying earlier about, you know, never that, that sort of that back out point, if I had the ability to back out at that point, I may have thought about it because I've just had that many losses and that, that, yep. that just would, would have been like, oh, no, bugger it, this is too hard. But I had no choice, so I just you know, had to be, there was literally to succeed or, or, or die in, in a way. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, it, there's another lesson. Like I'm already 15 minutes in, and if if small businesses, even medium sized businesses, even large businesses, can take something from that, because I've mentioned I used to work for a large. Re- I used to work for Coles in Australia, and mm-hmm. one of the suppliers that did a tremendous job um, gaining business did exactly the same as what you just did. And that was just sitting in reception and they just had the laptop on their, on their knees and I'd see them all the time. And they'd just be like, Oh, if, if you need anything, just shout out. And it, after a few times didn't need anything. And then after a couple of weeks, they were still there and they just, <laughs> and I went, oh, I actually need a cereal or I need a bar. And I'd be like, Oh, that guy will be in reception. And before you knew it, I, they got a few SKUs and new uh, different variants and the uh, business yeah. grew from strength to strength. And it, I think people forget that the power of just being there and be like, just giving it your all. And I think that's fantastic that there's, there wouldn't be many small businesses that would go to get a flight and sit in a reception and just go, I'm not leaving until someone either drags me out or <laughs> uh, taste my product at least. And, that's the shit that you have to do though. That's, it's, it's, it's incredible. This, this morning I I had to fill my car up at five o'clock in the morning and pretend I was a courier driver and put the high vis on and <laughs> go, go to the warehouse, go and do the check-in and all to try and save literally 15 cents per item that I sell. <laughs> and this is the shit you do, even though it took me oh, two yeah. and a half hours round trip and out my way, I still, I still at the desk for my full-time job by literally quarter to eight, but no one wow. sees that. And nah, this is, this is, not. this is what I love by talking to people like yourself, that just that effort, which is a huge effort made you, I don't know how many stores you would, even if you would have got 10 stores, I think you would have been happy, wouldn't you? And just gone, oh, right, at least, absolutely. at least I'm in there. <laughs> yeah, so, so then what was your process there? So hopefully you got a distributor and how did you then start to promote naked life um that was then you know my first, yeah first introduction to how distributors work so mm. it was then how do we work with the independent distributors to make sure that our product was the one that they were pushing and excited so then i sort of flew around and met all of their sales reps and yeah you know, introduced ourselves and got to know them and got to explain the story got to help them get excited about us and and you know it was really sort of this is back when um, it was no other uh, sugar-free product in the market, uh, you know, that was being pushed mm-hmm. around. Yeah, another group came in very, you know, probably at a very similar time. They'd been doing something else, but they were in major supermarkets, but we, you know, started in the Indies. And, you know, so it actually had really great uptake because there was nothing like it and it tasted great. So it was more so about, cool, how do we support the sales teams? You know, we didn't have any money, so we couldn't we couldn't support with many with many things, but yeah. you know, whatever marketing we could do, you know, I'd just beg bar and steal people to do tastings in big areas, like yeah. in the big stores, just to try and get really good ranging there and to get really good, you know, and really just prove to ourselves that it's 
that it was real as well. There's always that element of, of a bit of imposter there of, cool, I'm pushing so hard, but am I drinking my own Kool-Aid? And but then when you start getting, it's really important. We found that like when you get the reactions from customers, it just, it really helps to refill the emotional energy drain that you otherwise spend on a day-to-day basis. And so that was really helpful to keep keep the fight in there and keep pushing on through the ambiguity. And it was a, it was a re- really, really good. And that was just myself with, you know, getting a few other people uh, floating around. And then early on in the piece, um, you know, it, it was really helpful because I sort of ended up meeting a, a, a friend of a friend who she was coming back from maternity leave and had sort of seven or eight years at Coca-Cola and she was, just had a couple of kids and wanting to get back into the market and, and to do some bits and pieces. And I was like, look, I can, you can come work with me. I can't really pay you much, but, like, you know, it's sort <laughs> yeah. of, but we're going to do some interesting stuff. And she sort of came in and we're working in this dingy little office above a fish and chip shop and we were just sort of laughing oh. and just, you know, just doing all just random stuff constantly. And she was like, a re- she was really crucial to helping us then, you know, taking work off my plate to then allow me to do yeah. what I love doing, which is developing new products that taste amazing. So out of that, we ended up, you know, being able to launch a uh, the, the Icy Poles, which was the next step in our sort of evalu- in our sort of evolution of the business, the No Nazis Def- project. Yeah. I, well, I, when, I, when I was researching to go, who, who is this guy? The first photo that popped up was you holding a couple of bags of, yeah, the sugar-free <laughs> Icy Poles. And I was... Um, I was that a, that was a Woolworths product. Am I correct? Uh, in, did that launch into Woolies? Um, and was there a sponsorship via that, or was that just fully your product? No, that was um, that was just fully our product. I just yeah. sort of, I'd realised that we just we'd um, I needed to be first to market with something yeah. that was new in this space for us to be able to really change the dial and and you know the, the so I was just like, you know, I was walking up and down the uh, the aisles, and you know, and I, I saw that, you know, I saw the super duper, and I just thought, <laughs> and and I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's no real major competitor there. But then, like further to that, we had been getting messages from a lot of our customers saying, look, you know, can uh, can you do a healthy icy pole, blah blah blah, and I was like, all right, well, how hard can it be? And it turned out it was very hard actually. But uh, the <laughs> yeah. concept, the um, the concept was was very well received by the both buyers at Coles and Woolies. In fact, I'd been trying to get a meeting with Coles and Woolies about Naked Life for about a year. It took probably a yep. year and a half, maybe, to, to even get a response. And when I sent um sent an email about uh with 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 our concept, you know, the fact that we we're going to have no preservative, nothing artificial, and you know, no artificial colour slaves and preservatives, but like. You know, we had a response from both bars of Coles and Woolies literally the next uh, the next day saying, yeah, let's meet That's, and have a chat. If anyone's listening who has a brand, and I know there's a lot of listeners out there, if you get an email the next day, then <laughs> you you know you're onto a good thing, <laughs> which is which is just like, where where do I sign? Because that that's that's a perfect opportunity right there. So yeah, you must your timing and product must have ticked so many boxes that they were looking for so that's that's great news to hear <laughs> yeah no it was, it was great and it was a uh, it was quite a yeah it, it, was, it was validating but then the time frame was quite difficult because we had to sort of find a way to get machinery into the country to make them because they were very hard to make all within mm. a timeline of acceptance and of, of you don't get much of a timeline to do it and it was very uh 
very stressful yeah. and and period of time but you know that was really the that's when it, it really evolved and like the no nasties project really helped to, to solidify what we were wanting to do in the market so our, our no nasties project is it's our whole mission is to get rid of 500 tons of sugar from australian <laughs> families without anything artificial and it's a you know i remember when i was writing that number 500 tons and i'm like yeah. Yeah, geez yeah it, it was it was it was the, the definition of, of bhag and or you know, big hairy or dash of goal thinking there's no yeah. way you know that, that's definitely far enough out but like you know i think this year last year we removed 180 tons of sugar which is the same size as jumbo jet or the statue of liberty actually and uh Incredible. and so it was quite a it was quite an interesting um it, it, like looking back and thinking, oh, geez, we're going to have to, uh, we might need to even, uh, might need to up that goal. Yeah, right. And it's, it's been fascinating. <laughs> but that, that was sort of, you know, we really realised that that's what we wanted to do is create a movement, create something that was more, um, that was more of a, a moving goal that was dynamic. It's not just yeah. a static thing. And it's where we we're deliberate about it being the No Nasties project because it's sort of, you know, for, every, for every ton of sugar removed, we give 100 bucks for, to help with food education um, in, in Australia. And so we wanted to wrap all these things into one when awesome. we created this this brand. So it's a, you know, it was a big sort of um, big step because we took some big, uh, you know, we've put some big lofty goals out there of what we wanted to achieve. But it's they're, they're super helpful because they just help guide all your decisions so there have been heaps of times where we could have just it would have been easier just to put preservatives in we, we, yeah. we had a lot of issues with, with like a when we we're trying to make a product that you know almost put us under but you know and, and at the time i was like well maybe we'll just put preservatives in because it'll you know and it's like nah the whole thing is we know that we can do the difficult we just it's just it's harder to do it's more expensive but we can yeah. do it and if we don't do it no one else will so let's just keep pushing on which was really you know i'm really glad we put those you know those real pillars in place that is awesome. And I think it's awesome because I used to I used to spend a lot of time with the dessert aisle in the dessert category. And uh, one thing that just blew my mind was the amount of units that Zupa Duper sell every week <laughs> and even more so at the summer months. And you look at it and I think it was like 50 to 70 units per store per week. It's incredible numbers. And oh, for, for, yeah, it's just all, all that crap, all like, no wonder kids are off the absolute choppers, like a birthday party, because if they're smashing a zupa duper and you look at that market and you go, who can disrupt such a big brand, such a Australian iconic brand. And then you go, there could be competition in the same space, but you've come in and gone, well, hold on here. We can take the sugar out. And I think that's, fantastic that you stuck by your guns and because i remember looking into that product itself and even trying to look at a private label um opportunity in that space and it's so hard to try and get a good tasting product without adding all the all the stuff to make it look good to make it freeze properly to make it just the blended with all those ingredients so well done to you for <laughs> persevering because i i know personally from knowing that category that is that is a tough ask and and i know the timelines would never have been on um <laughs> your side either so <laughs> absolutely Look, it, it was, and that came back to like i guess what the core of what we love doing as a business is just innovating and creating new stuff like it's just about our every time we go to the supermarket you know our whole team always just comes back with this oh shit what are we going to be doing next because i just come back with this this yeah. gleam in my eye <laughs> if i see something that needs to be done with less sugar or not or not no more you know pulling out some artificial stuff and i just 
I know from what we've done in the past, like it, it, that if we can if we can get icy poles without preservatives on an ambient shelf with new machinery, with it to taste good without a freezing bag, which and you're spot on. Like we that we tried so many things to try and make them freeze well, like the most random things, different processes, different mm. everything, you name it, and and it's just it really just comes down to just perseverance. And it was like yeah, wow, well, so it's like well if we can do that, then it really helped give us far more confidence in the fact that. We, we, can, we just need to back ourselves in and the fact that we can replace sugar in anything and still make it taste yeah. as good, if not better. And that's a key motto for us, as good, if not better. Because some of our things Fantastic. taste better than the, than the sugary um, than the sugar than the sugary stuff. Because sometimes things are just a bit too sugary; they're just a bit too much. And so you actually have an opportunity to dial back some of the sugar and and up and, and lift up some of the flavors. So you actually get a, a much nicer, more balanced flavor in things. And so that's our goal has shifted actually from trying to replicate something to actually as good, if not better, and pushing for the better taste. That's awesome. There's there's one question I want to ask you before I forget, and it, you just touched on it about you bringing stuff back to the team. How did your team evolve from uh, you and the the, <laughs> the the lady who was just kind of going, oh, what's this guy brought me on to do above a chip shop kind of thing? And what what was the evolution there? Because that would have been a learning process for yourself. And that's something I'm keen to, to understand. I'm sure a lot of small businesses that listen to this go, all right, you've got someone that's helping you out and now you've got to deal with calls, your your naked life of getting further dis, uh, distribution. Mm. What? Where did you find yourself um, peddling um, a crazy little journey there? Look, I reckon that's a really critical question and one that you're always a student of as your business grows. Like even today, I've been trying to seek out people to figure out how what's the best structure for our team moving forward mm. as we're now going to, you know, and, and so like the the pathway we had was you know when you're when you're just by yourself you, you're the product you're the person you're the operator that you're the you're the person who does the orders and all that type of stuff so the first thing that i think is that, you know you as a sole founder as a few people in the business like the person who's got the passion and the sell they need to keep on that they need to keep mm-hmm. on the hustle they need to keep on the sell they're the face of the brand and that's what you know is going to be there so anytime that you can you know take off your plate to increase the amount of that that you're doing is a positive. So the first thing to go is um, uh, orders and um, mm. and uh, orders and delivery. So any of those types of execution roles are the things that you can you know first you know can farm out to start with. So that was the first yeah. the first one in. And then the next point from there is the sort of when you're creating a new product. There's a lot that goes to when you just you know when you're doing a label, for example, take it from there to then actual production and doing all yeah. those production things. That you don't necessarily need to be an expert, but there's just a lot of eyes and eyes to cross and eyes mm-hmm. to dot and t's to cross. It can take a lot of time, and you know that's something else that you can you can put onto a really smart person, particularly early on in the piece when you probably don't know a huge amount about it yourself either. Then yeah. you know you probably don't need to know a huge amount about it yourself. But so if you can take someone on who's smart and they can help learn that journey with you for not too not too much, <laughs> um, that's really helpful. But that's be, you know we've always been like a, quite a business, you know, launching lots of products, you know, at lots of lots of at, at the same time. So that's why a product person is quite helpful. But really that that kind of um, the the orders, customer service, and um, yeah, yeah, the orders, fulfillment, and customer service can all yeah. Yeah, all set in one role, and then we started hiving those off one by one as our business grew. So that they, they yeah. were the seats, 
and then they still stay, stay the same seats, but then you might have one person carrying two of those roles and one person carrying one, and and that's just how that grew till you know until and then the sort of now once we realised where we were going to go and the opportunity, we had to really change the market and the products that we had in our pipeline, you know, with the cereals and we've got a whole heap of others. I realised that we needed support in the sales side of things as well. So bringing on a really experienced, um, you know, national sales manager has really helped unlock a lot of this because it's yeah. just you know you need to. One thing I realised is is the you, the way that the big supermarkets are. There's so much in there that you can leave on the table on both sides. I'm not, I'm just, not just saying that the supermarkets mm. taking it from you, but where you have missed opportunity where you could have had win wins because yeah. you just might not have had the, the ability to ask because you didn't know. And yeah, so taking call. on a national sales manager was was fantastic. There have been heaps of times where I've just been like, ah, oh, you know, wanting to pull, push too hard in in one direction, which is that will and. And Jocasta, and she's she's been an absolute shining light for us. It's just been like, well, no, you know, in, in my experience, we can get a better outcome through this, this, and this. And you take yeah. that to, the, to a buyer, and they're like, oh yeah, that works much better. And it just really is about being respectful of, you know, being able to be as respectful as you can of the of the buyer's time and what they've got on their plate to make it, you know, to lubricate the wheels of what's easier for them to help de-risk putting something new on the shelf. And so we found that really a, a, a good growth path for us. That is incredible. Yeah, no, I think that's valuable knowledge. And there's always a quote that I, I like to, to kind of look on and it's kind of, yeah, work on the business, not in the business. And <laughs> it's, it sounds like you, yeah, it, early days, you, there's no getting around it. Early days, you have to work in the business because like you said, you, you've got 400 different hats on and mm. you need to, you need to do everything. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting to, to hear. And I think, even having that national sales manager, even the timing, like someone just being able to approach the different customers at the right time instead of just a random email that may go, well, you're, you're six months too late or six months too early, um, yeah. which is which is a, a game changer in itself because timing is is everything. And I, I just want to touch more on the No Nasties project because mm. it's, I think that's an incredible aim and it, it's great to hear that yeah <laughs> your goal is um kind of yeah because when you say 500 tons like you go jesus christ that's a lot of products <laughs> but then when but when you realize how much people consume on a daily basis and you go actually <laughs> you could you could add, add an extra zero and it wouldn't even be a stupid goal to achieve so do you want to touch more on the no nasties project as like what's the end goal what what do you do to kind of promote that is it through the products or is it just part of a an overall solution just to just to get people to kind of reduce their sugar consumption which is which is crazy from knowing <laughs> just what i know yeah yeah look it's it's probably twofold like from it from an end point of view what we what we our whole aim is to have a better for you lower sugar alternative on the shelf that tastes as good, if not better, as the major competitor. That's that's well priced, and that has the appeal for you know for for, for kids and adults alike. And that's you know mm. there, there's a lot of scope in that. But you know we we just see in every market there's ability to do that, and we've got the track record now and the momentum to be able to do it. And so that's our you know our end point is at you know, at every every aisle you will see a no nasties project. Um, alternative to you know whether it be a, a cereal bar or a, sorry or just a, you know a, a chocolate milk or just anywhere and everywhere because for us it's about you know having people believe and trusting the brand 
which brings you know tasty things to market allows them and then trusting what we're about then allows them to reduce the sort of the um their the risk of them trying a better for you product because mainstream australia you know a lot of people what don't realize that like you know there's a lot of families out there or the majority of families they're making a trade-off between you know the mum might be making a trade-off of a better for you product slightly more expensive or whether she can have a coffee for herself that day yep. you know and so being out you know you really need to be able to see the reality of bringing something to market that like anyone can bring something to market that tastes mm-hmm. great but it's 13 bucks yeah so correct. how do you yeah. do that with something where it's actually within the realms of mainstream australia and i've, I've sort of with our whole team we've got to say like we're not here to be on the health shelf we're here to be on yep. the mainstream aisle next to the big guys because that's where we can actually make a difference um so that's sort of the the end game that we're um, we're looking to put out there and the, the way that we we achieve that is we've got a yeah it, it's we've got a really strong school and sporting program so we're we're trying to raise a million bucks this year for Australian <laughs> schools and sporting clubs and and that's through our icy pole company we're, we're launching a a, a um a national no nasties icy pole day where what we're trying to do with that is um you know we'll support any school in the country with um with with basically cost price icy poles or if they're fundraising free icy poles to be able to spread the message and actually fundraise off, off a better base and so for us that's just a way in because you know people have icy poles schools need fundraising we want to try and make a difference tick 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 then yep. bang that's what we're looking to do so things like that and supporting you know school programs uh, sporting programs as well like when you know sport was a large part of my life growing up and you know i, I sit and and you realise that the sporting, you know, your sports clubs are pseudo extended families, and they're they're educators yeah. of of kids just as much as parents are. Um, I'm half Samoan, and in the Samoan culture, you it takes a village to raise a child, so it's always the uncles yeah. and the aunties and everyone influencing you. Whereas in our, in, in probably the sort of more, um, you know, uh, like in, in in the Australian culture, it's probably a bit mm. more nuclear family focused. So you get influenced by yeah. your sporting clubs, community groups and things. So that for us is a really big push to be able to support those guys to give good education choices and food choices to families that still taste good. So that's sort of how we're pushing the project, the No Nasties project that's awesome. um, out to the market. And it's, it really is at that, at that, you know, that grassroots level. That's awesome. And I just love that you guys are thinking differently as well. Like not, not only is it a different product that, Again, like you say, you're not a health product. You should be sitting in the mainstream. But you're thinking differently as how do you get your product name out there while still causing a positive effect um, with the consumers, whereas most people would be, ah, oh, I'll do a promotion in the Coles catalog and just throw 20 grand at that. And you're getting bang for your book as well as spreading a message to such a wider audience that is your audience doing a good thing so i think that's absolutely fantastic so good good luck on that um occasion i know uh i know my my daughter goes to school next year and it's true what you say is my wife is looking at different schools to look at yeah the sporting aspect the community aspect because yeah it, it plays such a huge role in the development of who who a person becomes so um 
yeah, hopefully one day there might be a no nasties uh, sports day uh, at her primary school, and <laughs> I'll be like, oh, oh no. yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'll be like, oh damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, once once you choose the uh, once once you choose a school, make sure you let us know, and we'll make sure that they can get some uh, some support. We'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably be the uh, the favourite parent for the day. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely I've, the favourite uncle of, 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 of all bet. my family. I'm, I'm the uh, yeah, basically, whenever they, they come over to visit, they can get soft drink, they can have icy poles, they've got cereal, they've got bars. It's so funny. Oh, so it's like, like Uncle Dave. They love it. Oh, there's, yeah, there's there's one way to win over children. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's literally give it give them a product that they think is uh, unhealthy and it's actually uh, <laughs> it's not bad for them. Win-win. So I've... I've really enjoyed talking to you, Dave. I think what you've done is incredible. And I think we've only just touched on the surface of your journey, which I knew would be a good one from the start, from just reading <laughs> into what you've done. But I'm I'm really excited. And I think the listeners who are listening to this, like I've taken a lot from it, just from hearing your journey and being a true entrepreneur who's who who's dabbled in one bit learn take the learnings from that and then have gone into an industry that i love and uh, i i did a podcast uh just food related because i love it that much so i just want to say thank you for being part of the the podcast thank you for sharing your journey your insights your knowledge and i honestly think we could probably do another podcast just to hear what goes on over the next 12 months in your journey so i'd, I'd love to get you back and I always kind of finish the show by going, where can people find out more about yourself, more about the No Nasties project, more about where they can buy naked life beverages from? Where where would you send them? Um, yeah, great. I'll just send them to the no nasties project.com.au and they'll be able to Perfect. find everything there. Perfect. Well, we'll uh, and also they can this. also oh. buy all of our new. So they can buy all of our new cereal range, which has just hit the shelf in uh, across all Woolies stores nationally, which is super exciting for us. Fantastic. Well, that that could be the next podcast on itself because yeah, that that's so. Th- is that launching? Is that just launched or launching? No, it's just rolled out across uh, basically um, the whole Woolworths network. So it's fifty. It's all the favourite uh, cereals with fifty percent less sugar. So we've got like a fruity loops, a, a choc bombs, and a rice pops, all with fifty percent less sugar. Ah, oh, well, that that can definitely be another podcast. But well, well, like, well done. I I'm, I'm excited to see yeah where you can go with this. But I just want to say thank you for your time and and yeah, I've I've learned a lot. So. And I know if I've learned something, everyone else who's listening to this will have hopefully learned something. So thank you very much again. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Hold on, guys. Before you hit stop, don't forget to check out doggylicious.com.au and order some doggy products today. Use Retail Ready for 10% off. We hope you enjoyed the show.